Cool. So yeah, we're going to keep going through this series. We're looking at these words um, leading up to Christmas on the four Sundays before Advent. So we've got this Sunday and next Sunday, and um, today's on joy. And yeah, it's a key um, part of the Christmas story and, and key theme throughout the Bible. And um, there's this declaration in the Christmas story. If you can just click on to the next one, you guys, oh, actually... Mark, could you could you just jump up and click onto the slide? Just if you use the mouse there, it should work on the computer. If you just click onto that picture that's up the top there. Um, yeah, there's this announcement that we just sort of saw in that video um, in Luke 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So these are uh, shepherds. Shepherds are actually not very well-off people. They're not really liked. They're kind of despised. And now they're freaking out because there's these big angels uh, shining all around them. And the angels say to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. So they come to shepherds, and these angels have this great news of joy. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So to people that actually their circumstances of life are probably not that great, there's this announcement of joy because of who God is and because of what God's doing. And as we saw in that video, that's the reason for joy is based in who God is. So what I want to do this morning, we could just kind of keep it simple throughout these, these series leading up to Christmas, is just unpack Psalm 100 which is only five verses. It's all about joy. It's, it's a beautiful psalm, and if we're basically just going to track through it really simply today. So if you have a Bible and want to follow along, you can, you can sit in Psalm 100, um, and we're going to look at joy because of who God is. So I'm going to pray, and then, then we'll get started. Yeah, Father, thank you that you're our God. Uh, thank you that you're present with us. Thank you that you're faithful and good. And Lord, we ask um, that you would yeah, give us your mind and your heart this morning and speak through your word. Uh, Father, fill us with joy in your presence. Uh, fill us with joy even in difficulty and, and sorrow. Uh, God, we just ask that we would know you and, and see you as you are. So just speak, speak to us in this time, we pray in your name. Amen. So Psalm 100 starts with, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. This call to worship, to come and rejoice and have joy in God. And he says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. These shepherds hear this news of joy, that there's a Lord, that there's actually a true shepherd that we are actually sheep and we have a good shepherd who cares and looks after us. So we actually can have joy simply because God is God. That the Lord is God. That, that psalm says, know that the Lord is God. Yahweh is God. Our God is God. There is a God. Is actually a reason for joy. And sometimes maybe if we're sort of being believers for a while, we just, we just take that for granted. Oh yeah, that's, that's right, there's a God. Uh, but it's actually amazing when you stop and think. God, we, there's a God, and he's God, like he's Lord. And this actually means so many different things. This, this means that we're not an accident. 
this life isn't just a mistake that just happened by random chance over time with no meaning and purpose and it's just going to disappear one day. That's, that's not true. We're not, we're not an accident. Actually, we're not alone in this world. Sometimes you can look out in the stars or, or the sky and just think things are so vast and big, but actually we're not alone. We're not the saviour. Sometimes we approach life thinking we have to figure it out. We have to save ourselves. We have to fix ourselves. We have to fix the world. Actually, no, we're, we're not the saviour. And actually, we're not the centre. Sometimes we approach life, it's just the story is about us. We, we rock up here and now everything revolves around us and it's the story of me. And, and that can be exhausting and, and tiring. And it's actually good news. We're not the centre. And that we're not God. God is God. We are actually created. It's an amazing thing to think about. Kind of, there's a, there's a humbling in that, but there's also a great honor that's bestowed on us that we are made. We're actually part of the creation. We, we, we belong to a creator God who is good. Therefore, we are deeply cared for by this true shepherd and God. We are the rescued and redeemed. We don't have to save ourselves. He comes to save us. And then we get to play a part in his story. We're not the center. We get to play a part in the story of the God who is the center. We are not God, but we are God's people. It's actually joy that comes from realizing God is God. We, we are not. Sometimes we can live with so much pressure that, that it's all on us. We've got to figure it out. We've got to make it work. Actually, no. God is God. He is Lord. He is King over all. Louis Giglio says it this way, admitting we are not God, not in control, not running anything, not responsible for everyone's well-being, not the solution for everything and everyone, not at the center of all things, doesn't belittle us, it frees us. Actually recognizing that God is Lord. He made us. We are his. We are his people the sheep of his pasture, we actually get to relax into the arms of this God and actually let him be Lord, let him be over all, and actually we get to rest and let him be God. Psalm 100 keeps going, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So God is not just God, but our God is generous. We, we, we read that some. As we come before God, the way to approach him is with thanksgiving, is with praise, is, is giving thanks, declaring who he is and his goodness and his love with gratitude. Because again, it's kind of easy to, without really thinking about it, approach life like we have our rights. And we kind of, we do have right. There's human rights is a, is a legitimate thing that where they're given to us as a gift though. But before God, we don't, we don't have rights. <laughs> We don't have, we're not entitled to anything. We have no claim on anything. We're actually, the fact that we're here is a sheer gift of grace. The fact that we have life, it's not that we did anything to earn it, it's not that we did anything to generate it, it's not that we did anything to sustain it. It's actually a free gift, just life. And then we know as well, because of the cross and because of Jesus' grace and death and resurrection, that the relationship with God we have is a free gift. And actually, all of life is a gift. And there can be something maybe even strange about like that. We're kind of used to give and take, and you make payment, and you kind of keep things equal. But actually, when something's just actually a free gift, 
the, the, the way to respond to it is to receive it with gratitude and thankfulness. And it's actually, well, I, I can't repay this. I don't, I don't own this. This is, this is a gift that's given freely. And actually, that, that's the way to approach life, that God is actually this generous being who gives life. And not only that, gives, gives forgiveness and grace and redemption. John Mark Comer says this, we need to live from a posture of gratitude for the love of God. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement, thinking God owes you. There's a humanist in all of us who thinks we are good, we have rights, and God is lucky to have us. It's easy to sort of think, like, or be even angry at God. God, I deserve this, or you should do this, or this is, this is how it should be. And we, we can be honest with God, which is good, but at the same time, everything is a gift. Everything is grace. And, and approaching life that way leads to joy. Actually, just getting up and realizing, actually, just this day is a gift from God. Being able to have nice sun and, and be outside is a gift from God, and being able to have aircon inside is a gift from God. And, and being able to listen to beautiful cello and piano music is a gift from God. And, and just so many things that he just gives all the time. And it's so easy to instead approach life as, no, we, that's just standard. We should get that. We're entitled to that. It's like, no, it's a gift. Actually get to receive it with gratitude and have joy then because God is generous. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So that God is not just good and generous, not just God and generous, but he is good and he is faithful forever. And we even heard about that in that video and even sort of we've been tracking with covenants, which is God's promises, and God is faithful to keep his promises. Even when we are faithless, even when we fail, he, he steps in and does it for us and rescues through Jesus. God is faithful. There's this Psalm 136 that says 26 times, 26 verses, it ends with his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever and just goes on and on. Give thanks. It's on and on because his love endures forever. He's not just God and generous, but he's faithful. He's good. He is love. And he's demonstrated that. Scott McKnight talking about God's love is, is his love is a rugged commitment. That's this idea of covenant. It's that God actually makes a promise. And it's not a light promise. It's a, it's a rugged promise. It's a strong commitment. And the commitment is to be with us, to be for us, so we can grow in Christ's likeness. God makes a commitment to be with his people, to be for his people, and it's so that they may grow to be like him, which means that not always the circumstances won't always be easy or, or good, but God will be at work in that, fulfilling his purposes in that, and ultimately leading us to this final destination that he has. He's shown his goodness and faithfulness. In Romans 5, it says, this is how God demonstrates his love for us. The Messiah died for us while we were still sinners. God is so good and faithful that he would die that he would give his son, that he, he, would, he would sacrifice himself. He's, he's demonstrated it abundantly. So as you read in that video, heard in that video, Tim Mackey said, joy is an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. It's actually because God is God. 
we focus on Him, and that leads to joy. Because God is generous, and we receive His gifts with thankfulness, and because God is good and faithful forever. Actually, see, maybe there's not always this connection that doesn't, doesn't always happen, or may not be normal, but actually when we read the Bible, we see actually life with God is a life of joy. So, sometimes that may not be a natural connection. Sometimes you might think, well, following God's about discipline and, and doing the right thing and, and being faithful, and, and yet th- th- there is difficulty and there is challenge and, and there is a need for perseverance and so forth. But the theme throughout Scripture is that actually it's about joy in God, that God is actually a joyful being, that Jesus is actually full of joy. Actually, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of joy. If, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with love and joy and peace and patience. Like Actually, being close to God results in joy. Jesus even says this in John 15. He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. We were to live in God's love and to follow him and live his way. And he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus' heart for his followers and for us is that we would have joy that is complete through being connected to him, through remaining in his love, through living in his way, that actually would lead to life that is full of joy. David understood this in Psalm 16. He says of God, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So being in God's presence results in joy, results in pleasure, results in, in, in these good things that we look for. Life with God actually equals a life of joy. Um, and I don't know, dif- different people and different personalities maybe find that easier. There's some people's personalities that kind of naturally are joyful, and maybe that's an easy thing. And then just hearing about God and his goodness, just, that just bubbles up even easier. Other personalities, uh, maybe that's a lot harder to be joyful. It's not really a natural thing. I kind of don't feel, find joy that easy. I kind of don't mind being sort of a bit happy, but the idea of joyful kind of feels a bit extreme or a bit too free. And, but, but just the last couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago in particular, I just noticed myself feeling joyful. I was like, what is this? This is a strange feeling. And, and I think a lot of it is, is, is some of us have been doing this thing in the mornings and just coming in the mornings and praying and just spending time in God's presence and often not even really saying much, just being aware of God and just being with him and just the sense that he's here and and it just, I think it was just doing something to my heart and just softening it. And all of a sudden there's this realization, oh, actually God's present all the time. And if I have a problem, I can pray. And, and he's faithful and he's with me and he's answering and he's good. And actually there's this sense of joy. And it's just weird. It's a bit weird. It was like, this is a bit strange. And, and, but, but as a result, I think of being connected to God. And it's not just that we know about God, that God is good. We actually need to be with God and know that he's with us. It's actually his presence, and being aware of his presence and connected to his presence that actually changes our hearts and actually fills us with his spirit, which leads to this fruit. C.S. Lewis talked about it this way. He said, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, 
you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. Sometimes we want joy, want God just to like give us like a blast of joy or something like that, or give us peace or, or something like that. C.S. Lewis talks about actually God can't do that. Joy is found in being connected to Him. Peace is found in being connected to Him. God can't give us joy and peace apart from Himself. He gives us Himself, and the result is joy and peace and love. It's actually being close to His presence and living connected to Him that shapes us and can grow us in joy over time. So life with God is a life of joy. So as we, as we approach Christmas, maybe there's an opportunity even to think about what, what are we looking to for joy? And, and there's many things that can give joy, uh, especially at, at Christmas. It could be things we're looking forward to, to doing or people we're looking forward to being with. Um, there could be other things just in life that we look to and go to for joy. And, and that's not necessarily bad, but not, it could be bad if they're the things that we're looking to as the ultimate source of joy. And actually, all of these things are gifts. And actually, the ultimate source of joy is found in Him. And actually, maybe there's an opportunity to think, well, wh- where am I looking for joy? What am I thinking will gi- give me that? And actually come back to, actually, it's in Him. It's in His presence it's in his faithfulness. It's in the future that he's leading us towards. So it's particularly at Christmas, um, because just the way things have gone, I suppose, our culture has made it very consumeristic. And, and Christmas can easily become about stuff and about more stuff and about getting stuff and about giving stuff and about money. And, and that's in some ways one of the main things that people in our culture go to for joy, is the belief is if we have more money, if we have better stuff, We'll have joy. We'll have. We'll, 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 that, that that will be the thing that satisfies, and it's it's an it's an idol. And actually, we've seen in scripture. Actually, no money is good, but it's a gift from God. It's not the ultimate source of joy. He is. And actually, knowing that He is present, that He is with us, is the thing that can give us joy. It says this in Hebrews 13. This is the Passion translation. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you always have God's presence. For hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone, never. And I will not loosen my grip on your life. Sometimes maybe we think, well, if we just had more, we would be joyful. And this writer is saying, no, don't go that way. You have God's presence and he will never leave and he will never forsake. Be content and joyful with that. And maybe there's an opportunity to come back and just recognize actually what we're seeking is found in him. And he's given us himself. And we can come close to him and receive from him this Christmas. So life with God is a life of joy. I'm going to pray and then, then we're going to sing um, to, to, to close today. So Father, we just thank you that yeah, you're our father, that you've given us your son. Um, you've given us forgiveness, Lord, that you've given us your spirit. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this season. Thank you that there is a promise that in the midst of difficulty and sorrow and pain and hardship, there is a joy that's available in you. And Holy Spirit, just ask for your presence um, amongst us today, God. Uh, Fill us with joy in your presence. Uh, God, thank you for your grace and your love. Um, Make us a people, God, that can rejoice even in sorrow, even in pain. At the same time, a people who can be honest and real about where we're at uh, with you and each other. We just thank you for this in your name. Amen.